Um, welcome to uh, the April meeting for the Student, Student Affairs and Special Programs Committee. I'm pleased to welcome committee members and guests to this meeting. Uh, everyone should have some form of electronic uh, device in front of them to access the agenda and other supporting documents for this meeting. There are copies of the agenda as well on the tables. If you don't, if you don't have paperless access, which I think looking around the table everyone does, uh, there are two action items, two information items, and one disciplinary appeal before the committee. We're going to start with our information items, and um, with that, I'm going. We're going to do this one first. Okay, um, so I'm going to turn it over to um, Senior Vice Chancellor Schaefer. Um, and you will give notice through this committee, the City University of New York revisions to Article 16 uh, bylaws. This review, this revised policy will be presented as an information item at the board meeting on May 3rd, and then again for approval at the June board meeting. Article 16. Article 16. Right. Um, so this concerns uh, Article 16 of the bylaws, which governs the uh, college associations. And uh, because of changes in New York State law, uh, the associations must have, uh, and other not-for-profits as well, uh, must have two uh, independent uh, directors as members of the audit committee, uh, which required adding such members to the boards of the college associations. Um, that was the, major, the reason for this change and the major thrust. Um, the uh, Associations composition are quite minutely described and provided for in the board's bylaws, um, and uh, they have uh, for long been uh, boards consisting of 13 members. Um, uh, when we first drafted it, we uh, thought to add two uh, outside directors appointed by the president. Uh, these would be people with some experience and expertise, and financial matters such that they would be qualified to serve on an audit committee, uh, possibly um, alumni of the college or retired faculty members, I think are the sort of two most likely uh, categories of uh, potential recruits for these positions. Um, and um, then it sort of became a question of uh, what other um, adjustments might be appropriate. Uh, the student representatives uh, for the University Student Senate uh, pointed out that the, uh, uh, these are associations that, that uh, uh, distribute uh, student activity monies and uh, that the students had uh, long been six of the 13 representatives and wished to remain <coughs> uh, in that uh, same ratio. Um, and uh, we could have added two students to balance the two independent directors, but it, we all agreed that that would make the uh, boards uh, really too large. Uh, it's a little difficult to get quorums as it is, and uh, so rather than uh, add two students, uh, we thought the, the appropriate adjustment would be to just reduce uh, by one uh, faculty member and one uh, uh, administrator uh, uh, from the board and leave the total number uh, at 13, uh, and that is and and that is what we uh, have done and what we're going to uh, propose to the board. 
As the UFS representative here, I, we, we should make it clear that we object to the reduction of faculty members on these boards. Uh, we don't think it's necessary uh, for the, as a fact of the matter, and uh, we've suggested some uh, alternatives to Vice Chancellor Schaefer. But on the face of it, reducing the number, this already small number of faculty, it's very small to begin with. If anything, it should be increased because the boards uh, should have faculty input. Uh, the faculty members are not elected directly by the senates, but they are uh, appointed by the presidents, unlike the students who are uh, elected directly by <coughs> student associations. Uh, so that we think that there are two defects here. One is the defe one defect is the method of appointment. The faculty should be elected directly by the faculty senates or appropriate faculty bodies, and secondly, the number of faculty should not be reduced, or its proportion on these boards. You know, I understand it involves uh, some reduction in, in faculty representation. Uh, obviously, the, the difference between faculty members comprising three out of the 13 members versus two out of the 13 doesn't really fundamentally change the, the voting balance on these bodies. The idea of having these faculty members is to have faculty input uh, on uh, and a faculty perspective, and I think having two faculty members will continue uh, to achieve that. As to the method of faculty appointment, it has always been the case that uh, faculty members, in the past three faculty members, were appointed from double that number of nominees uh, provided by the college senate, the faculty senate, and that will continue to be the way of appointment. I don't really see that the reduction by one faculty member uh, warrants changing uh, what has been a long-standing policy as to how the faculty member uh, is appointed, and uh, and so that is that, that is what we're proposing. Yeah, um, I think uh, we do support the idea of a faculty um, to be appointed directly by the faculty governance body. Um, in principle, these members should be part of should be elected by their own constituents. In our case, we're elected by the students. Faculty should also be elected by their own faculty members. Um, we do support the idea of having faculty be appointed by their own governance board. Okay. Just a point of clarification, Rick, is there, in, in terms of uh, Mr. Monte's suggestion, is there a way within the bylaw that faculty can be appointed to these positions, whether or not it's two or three faculty, but just the process of appointment? Well, there, there is a process of appointment. It has long been the case that the faculty senate uh, nominates uh, twice the number of seats, and the president selects from that in the past three out of six. Under this proposal, two out of four. Um, and we, we don't see any reason to change uh, that method of appointment. It was consciously and uh, specifically done this way from the outset. Uh, because the of the greater uh, uh, student stake uh, in the work of this committee, um, uh, the methods of, a, of faculty appointment were different from student election, and we think it's appropriate to remain that way. Um, and uh, really, until today, I had never uh, heard from either the uh, faculty or student representative uh, suggesting a change. Um, but it seems to me that uh, this. 
method of uh, selecting the members uh, should continue as it has for many decades. Needless to say, we disagree. Um, the number of faculty as it stands is too small already. Uh, three is a minimal number. If, anything, if there are any changes, it should be changed to a higher number. Uh, if the number were to be reduced, then the method of appointment should be changed so that it's a direct appointment by the Senate. Uh, the, if the presidents should not have the power to control which faculty members appear on these boards if that number is so small as to become, as Vice Senator Safer mentions, meaningless in a voting sense. The numbers of faculty are important because it's important to get a variety of and a spectrum of different opinions on these boards. It's not to control the board by voting. It's in order to get the opinions of faculty members onto the table as to how student monies are spent. Uh, it's not to control those. Uh, reducing that number is deleterious to the functioning of these boards, and I think it should not be done. So just so that I understand, um, current way that it is now, the Faculty Senate already gives a pool of people to the president? That's correct. That's correct. And then the president picks from those two, yes. the, from that pool? Right. Traditionally, the pool was six, and the president chose three. Under this proposal, the pool would be four. The president would uh, choose two. Uh, and of course, the president has also given up one of his uh, administrative appointee appointments uh, to this board in order to keep the number at 13, okay. uh, which uh, we thought, and I think the, the students as well thought, was uh, a desi desirable to keep the number at that level. So for your objection is that because you wouldn't want we, the president we, to choose from that pool? We, that was if, if, if there is to be a reduction, we do not want a, cho a choice from a pool. We would prefer to keep the current situation. We would prefer even more if under the current number of three it would be direct election by the faculty governance bodies. We've accepted that reluctantly. We don't really agree to that. We accept presidential control of which faculty members get represented with only the greatest reluctance. After all, the presidents do not choose which students appear on, the, on these boards. The students are elected directly without presidential selection. There's no clear reason why the faculty members should be, should be so selected, despite the fact that this is a practice of long, of long standing. Um, but have, having the number be reduced is adding in, insult to the injury of the method of selection that we already have. We firmly oppose this. I wasn't here 40 years ago when this was uh, originally passed. But I imagine that the reason for the differing structures is that these are student monies being allocated for student purposes in which student representation uh, seems uh, uh, of a greater uh, degree of importance in this structure. Uh, obviously, there are many, many committees around uh, the campuses where faculty elect uh, their representatives. Here, the faculty input is valued but the faculty interest is much less direct uh, than it is uh, for the students and than it is for faculty representation on faculty bodies. And that is the, I imagine, was the rationale for having a different method of selecting the faculty, and we see no reason why uh, the reduction by one faculty member in a 13-member committee uh, should warrant a different method of selection. 
needless to see, we do not agree. Uh, we think the number of faculty should be maintained or increased, not in order to maintain to establish control. That's not what the faculty want. The students should be in a controlling voice, student money. But there should be faculty input. Just like in any university, the faculty are important. Reducing the number of faculty uh, says something about the perspective of how important the faculty are in this university. It says a bad thing. And in any committee, there should be faculty. And, and there no, when the faculty numbers are so small, the numbers should not be further reduced. They already are very small. And what was done 40 years ago with three faculty members was not done unwisely. We unwisely changed that number to a smaller number. Can I also ask something else? Sure. Um, currently, the, the boards are six non-student non members and six student members and the chairperson who could be the college president or the designee of the college president. Um, if the interest is to be a student-centered or student-centric um, board in regards to having students' interest being um, the main concern here, uh, we don't have a majority of students. It's a six to six, um, with the tiebreaker being the, the chairperson of the board. Um, if the main interest was to be in favor of students, students would have a majority seven to six. Um, right now, the president could be the chairperson or, again, a son and designee, but the president also has veto power of student activity fee expenditures through Article 16 as well. So you give the president one, the tiebreaker vote, and also the veto powers, which is a double. Um, I guess double security net for the college and university, but again, the student activity fee money, we're paying for it. We're the ones um, suggesting the referendums to increase it or to keep it at a certain level. Um, at the end of the day, the board has the right to approve the student activity fees, but again, it should be in principle that everyone has a, the vote. Um, people who are on the board should be elected by their own constituents. Student activity fee is paid by the students, and students should still maintain at least the ratio that currently stands, but or, or the majority. So, go ahead. Prior to these changes, then students could override the president no. in the final no. decision. So, the, no. so this hasn't no. changed anything from the previous. Look, <laughs> people are sort of creating issues of principle where none exist. Um, we're, do, we're only changing this because the law requires two independent directors. And so we're trying to make a practical adjustment to, to that. Um, Practically speaking, making the boards any lar larger would be unwise. And so with the addition of two independent directors and the desire to keep the number at 13, something had to give. It seemed like the practical and sensible solution was to remove one of the president's appointees and one of the uh, faculty uh, 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 appointees in order not to diminish the student representation. Now, uh, if the student representatives want to revisit the whole structure of these things, we can have a discussion about that at some other time. But by the June meeting, we have to make these changes in order to be in compliance with the law. Um, and uh, frankly, I don't think it's helpful to have suggestions thrown out at the 11th hour um, for other changes that one might have made uh, when we're trying to reach a deadline to comply with the law, and when in prior discussions uh, no such uh, uh, recommendations or, or requests were made. Uh, so I think we should go forward uh, as we're required to do under the law with these changes, 
And if uh, the faculty or the students want to have an ongoing discussion about the uh, structure of these uh, boards, we can, uh, we can have that at, uh, uh, when we're not under uh, quite the same time constraints. I'd like to point out that this is presented as a discussion item for a good reason. We're not voting on it yet. And the reason is so that we can discuss these issues and make suggest changes. This would be a meaningless procedure of having a discussion item if it were improper or too late to suggest changes. That's why we are meeting, is to suggest changes. That's what we're doing. So, Rick, um, how soon would suggestions need to be to you in order to make that deadline for us to be compliant? Well, the board needs to, we need to present an information item to the board at the May 3rd meeting, mm -hmm. um, and then they would need to vote on it uh, in the June meeting. So, uh, you know, I've, I've heard the suggestions, um, and uh, I've made my views known on them. Um, because I'm hearing them for the first time today, there's been no opportunity to consult with the presidents, uh, who I'm sure have views on this matter which I am perhaps imperfectly, but uh, in good faith, trying to represent uh, in my comments today. Um, so, you know, we can have some further con consultation. Um, but I think that um, the issues that are being raised here really open up a whole other set of issues that had not been the intent as we tried to bring ourselves into compliance with the law uh, without fundamentally changing uh, the structure or size uh, of this body. Um, we could certainly continue to have those uh, conversations. I should point out that the last set of changes presented to the faculty were only a few days ago. And the, this was over the holiday weekend, and the opportunity for off-to-the-side discussions were not really present until today. This is the first day, Monday, after the weekend took place. So that uh, the idea that uh, we didn't present these suggestions earlier uh, is specious, we were unable to do so. So um, well, it, it depends who the we is, Matthew, because I did have faculty. a conversation with the chairperson of the faculty senate last week. But I'm the representative at this table. So I, I received no suggestions of discussions. So I, I can. I'm, I am willing on the side to make other suggestions, but I'm a little hesitant to do that here at this table. So this is the thing, uh, you know, Manfred, you make a good point that this is a discussion item um, and it's a discussion. However, um, council's office, you know, is in a unique position to, to see, I guess, all of the legal ramifications around different scenarios that may or may not have been presented to, to him and to his office and may feel as though, you know, there are answers to unasked questions so far. Um, I think that the only thing for us to do at this point is to open, you know, for even for the smallest period of time, you know, for additional feedback. And, yes. and um, uh, but keeping in mind that, you know, we will be compliant, you know, and we will not miss any deadlines. And um, this burden would totally be on, uh, you know, the, the faculty and the students, you know, if, if you have additional feedback for council's office to do so in a very, very swift time, time frame. 
we're perfectly yes. happy. Okay. We're perfectly happy to get, engage in a dialogue. But as I pointed out, the, the last change in the draft came at a time when we were unable to engage in such a dialogue. Okay. Even internally inside the UFS. Okay. Rick, is that is that acceptable? Sure. That yeah, acceptable? always always happy to uh, hear uh, feedback and uh, uh, you know consider uh, other uh, other ways of approaching uh, uh, this uh, this problem. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go to um, actually. Can we do your report after we do the voting items? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's just an information item. We don't have to move on the. No, it's just the information. We just look at information items. Okay. We'll wait for you. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go back to the uh, action items. Um, may I have a motion to approve the minutes of the meeting of February second, twenty fifteen? So moved. May I have a second. Second. Thank you. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? Abstentions? Thank you. That passes. Um, the second thing um, is the approval for the Graduate School of Journalism Formalization of Student Activity Fee, and I'll turn it over to uh, Vice Chancellor Sanchez, who's going to provide us with an overview. Great. Thank you, uh, Trustee Foster. So students at the Graduate uh, School of Journalism have held a referendum uh, to formally establish the continuation of a $50 student activity fee. Uh, effective for fall 2015. A special ref referendum was held February 24th through March 1st, 2015, in accordance with University Bylaws Section 16.12, at a time other than in conjunction with student government elections. The vote on the referendum was 38 in favor and one opposed, with 31% of the eligible students voting on the referendum. Uh, the de dean supports this fee. Uh, just a reminder to uh, representatives around the table, this is the Graduate School of Journalism, very small uh, population of students. The uh, $36.55 fee allocated by student government funds uh, a variety of extracurricular activities, programs, student clubs, social events, and educational conference attendance for graduate journalism students. An arrangement with the CUNY Graduate Center. Uh, graduate journalism students pay a $12 fee for health care services that provide them access to health and wellness services that are available to students at the Graduate Center. The earmarking set forth in this resolution may only be changed by further board action. Uh, Yahara Castro, uh, Director, and Krista Noel, Assistant Director, and Cole. Rosengren, uh, Rosengren uh, student government representative from the CUNY Graduate School of Journalism, are here to answer any questions uh, that you might have of this fee. They're, they're over here. Any, any questions? Sorry. Any questions? Okay. Great. Uh, hearing none. Um, may I have a motion? Yep. So moved. A second? Thank you. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Abstentions? Thank you. That passes. And we're just going to stay with uh, Frank here, and you're going to give us our your report, please. Absolutely. We have a number of items to share uh, with the com uh, committee. Recently, I chaired uh, the CUNY Cultural Passport Committee uh, to discuss how the university can expand access to New York City's museums and cultural centers to CUNY students. Uh, the City University of New York, in collaboration with the Brew College Rubin Museum Project, will hold a working conference to explore ways to increase collaboration between 
uh, CUNY through its 24 campuses and diverse cultural organizations across the city. The conference will be held on April 30th, uh, 2015 from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Shelley and Donald Rubin Foundations, the 8th floor gallery and conference space located at 17 West 17th Street. On the athletics front, uh, at the 2015 National Junior College Athletic Association, uh, NGC, NJCAA um, annual meeting, the Board of Directors voted uh, 44 to 9 in favor of repealing all bylaws that reference and enable the restriction of, of uh, student-athletes that uh, did not participate or did not attend uh, an, an American high school for at least three years. Uh, this uh, action ends a, a long two-year battle led by the CUNYAC and detractors across the country, Senior Vice Chancellor Schaefer and his CUNY legal team, along with State Attorney General Eric Schneiderman and his staff, should be commended for their efforts to have the bylaws repealed. Uh, one of the reasons why this work is so important for this university and really the nation is that the, by repealing and changing this established policy, this now allows for uh, undocumented and international students in the NJCAA across community colleges all over the country to participate in intercollegiate athletics. This is uh, just really uh, a tremendous work and a big change uh, uh, that the NGC, NJCAA has made as a result of our, our staff here at CUNY. And I'd like to certainly uh, publicly thank um, Senior uh, Vice Chancellor um, and the General Counsel uh, for all the work you and your staff have done. And please, let's give them <laughs> really outstanding work. Uh, single stop offices are on track to open uh, now uh, Now that we have our single stop operations across our community colleges. We are now uh, planning to open and pilot at two uh, four-year institutions, both at John Jay and City College uh, this coming fall. Uh, all of uh, the Vice Presidents of Student Affairs uh, have received a sexual misconduct brochure put together by the Central Office of Student Affairs as another way in which we can educate our students and our staff uh, across our campuses. In student life, we had over 150 CUNY students attend the Black, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, and Asian Caucus in Albany. Students from the Malave Leadership Academy and CUNY Dreamers Coalition made 21 uh, legislative visits supporting CUNY student services, budget priorities, and TAP for Dreamers. The annual Emerging Leaders Conference organized by the CUNY Council of Student Life Directors took place on February 20th at Medgar Evers College. Over 175 CUNY students attended. Uh, the CUNY Blackmail Initiative met with the Lumina Foundation recently to discuss how CUNY BMI can assist Lumina in achieving Lumina's goal 2025 and has been asked to submit a proposal. On February 21st, the, first, the CUNY BMI, along with the New York Urban League Young Professionals, hosted the Civil Rights 2.0 at the CUNY School of Law. On Veterans uh, Affairs, CUNY has signed, uh, recently signed an MOU with NYC Serves. The MOU will add CUNY as an educational resource in addition to the legal, medical, employment, and housing resources and referrals provided by NYC Serves to all veterans and their families in New York City. <coughs> uh, with International Student Services, the university's recertification application has been approved by the Department of Homeland Security. 
This approval notification allows CUNY to continue admitting and enrolling international students in the F-1 immigration status. Madam Chairperson, this concludes my report. Thank you very much. Are there any questions for that? Yes. Just a comment. Um, at my campus, I'm based at Lehman College. You, you, had, you spoke, I'm referring to your comments on athletics in particular. Uh, at my campus, we had a presentation by Marty, Marty Swearin, who is director of athletics at Lehman. This was at a meeting of the Professional Staff Congress at CUNY. <coughs> he pointed out that the um, graduation rates of the people involved in the athletics programs are superior and higher, uh, perhaps thanks to the mentoring and special uh, treatment that athletics athletes get uh, the attention that they get from volunteers. Uh, this is in addition to CUNY's demonst demonstrated success with ASAP, which President Obama has even mentioned. So I think it's something that CUNY might uh, look at proudly is the success of our athletes in the graduation and in their academic, academic endeavors. I, I would agree, and if I could just comment, we uh, recently um, studied specifically the graduation rates at our two-year and four-year institutions, specifically with our student-athletes, yes, and actually there's a in-focus um, document that highlights this, focusing on student-athletes, and it, it showed it, and it, um, a higher graduation rate uh, for our two-year and four-year institutions when compared, of our student-athletes, when compared to all other students. The other kind of exciting trend we're seeing among our student-athletes is that just over the last four seasons, we've seen a 40% increase in the number of, of our scholar-athletes, students with the 3.3 and above, a 40% increase in just the last four seasons. And I think that's attributed to the good work of our uh, directors of our athletic departments and the coaches really emphasizing the notion of the, of the student-athlete, student-first, the athlete second. Was See, seems oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I'm glad that uh, Dr. Phillips brought this up. And, and um, also what, uh, what we're saying uh, from the vice chancellor, we, we really ought to, um, I mean, with the NCAA, the you know, NTI, and you know, all, you know, all of this getting this type of uh, attention, um, it's a nice opportunity for us to put a spotlight on, on some of these in terms of academics and and scholarship. I, I think that we ought to just focus on that. It, it seems like that could be a really nice story that could be uh, maybe even put in the subways and stuff, the buses. Was there any indication also, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the, um, the sports family, you know, is very supportive. And was, was there also any indication perhaps that our athletes may have been participating in any of our other programs that have been so successful? No, that's a good question. We do know we've had a number of uh, um, high-level scholars, Truman scholars, a number of Macaulay Honors students performing at a very high level athletically. Um, but we haven't looked at how many of our student-athletes are in fact involved, like in the honors programs or special cohort programs. Right. Right. It would be uh, uh, interesting to, to look at that. Okay. That's a good suggestion. Okay. okay, great. Any other questions? No, thank you for your report. Okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Um, this, at this time, we're going to go into executive session to consider a student disciplinary appeal. Uh, because these hearings and these cases are not open to the public, I'm asking everyone to, not everyone, committee members, all the committee members to remain, please. <laughs>